0: Hello everyone, this is Tony Skaggs, your host of Tappa Talks, and today I'm thrilled to introduce you to Esteban R. Ayala, Jr. Esteban is a dedicated and experienced PA with almost seven years of experience practicing in pediatrics in his hometown of Laredo, Texas. Like most of us, his journey to become a PA was not a straight line. Before entering the medical field, he was a science teacher at Lyndon B. Johnson High School in Laredo for 12 years. He also coached football and track for seven of those 12 years he was there. His passion for teaching and coaching and helping and supporting others led him to pursue a medical career and he hasn't looked back since. Esteban received his undergraduate degree from the University of Texas at San Antonio, majoring in biology and minoring in chemistry. He obtained his Master in Physician Assistant Studies at the University of Texas Health Science Center at San Antonio in 2016. Since then, he has provided compassionate care to children in his community, earning the trust and respect of his patients and colleagues. Outside of work, Esteban is a devoted husband and father of three. He also happens to be a diehard Pittsburgh Steelers fan, which we won't hold against him. We are honored to have Esteban on our podcast today, and we can't wait to hear more about his inspiring journey. Esteban, thanks a lot for joining us today. Not a problem. Thank you for having me. Again, born and raised in Laredo, and I always like to start the interview uh, even though I, I did give a little bit of a background on your PA journey. But is there anything you'd like to maybe add to that? Maybe give us a little background on how you got to where you are now?
1: You know, it was very accidental for the most part, and uh, kind of like the stars aligning, Tony. It started with some of my coworkers actually, that were teaching with me entering the program. And then, of course, I had the Area Health Education Center come in and do a presentation for my students And later finding out that I was, I think I was the only one paying attention at that time. (laughs) So I gained a lot of interest, a little bit more information on that program. And that became a process of three years of getting prerequisites that I was missing, shadowing and as much as I could to build up the application and even going to application orientations to kind of guide me through the process. But yeah, it took about three years and a lot of that coming
0: together to finally into the mode of saying, okay, I can do this. Let me apply. Let's see what happens. I I will tell you in the intro, like I said, I think a lot of PAs have that indirect pathway to becoming a PA. I know I did. And also uh, I, I didn't know we had so much in common because I'm also a graduate of UT San Antonio. So, And for all the listening, the UT San Antonio and UT Health Science Center in San Antonio are two different institutions. So you're an alumni of two institutions in San Antonio, which is kind of interesting. Can you tell me a little bit about your current practice, like uh, where you are exactly and how long you've been there? Uh, yes, I work with
1: a pediatrician, uh, Dr. Avelino Alvarez, who's amazing and, and you know, is an awesome supervising physician to have. So basically there, we take walk-ins. I've been there for almost seven years. And uh, so it's it's one of those things where, you know, you can not have anybody for about 30 minutes or you can have 30 people show up in five minutes. Right. So it's fast and furious. It's It keeps you busy, keeps you going. There is a lot of teamwork. What sorts of patients do you treat? You know, I guess we could say most of them are, are Medicaid patients ranging from the age of newborn, and we take them all the way till they turn 21. And uh, from basic physicals to, you know, treating things, you know, we have kids that unfortunately have to diagnose with uh, leukemia and stuff like that. So it, it, it ranges. I mean, it's, it's
0: all over the place. And I was going to ask what kind of Conditions do you see yourself treating more often than not?
1: Often, you know, you have your bronchitis, bronchitis, upper respiratory infections. You'll see that quite a bit. Asthma, and then of course you'll have some ADHD. You know, and a lot of kids coming in sick, lately with fever. We we're talking about the whole stomach virus issue going on. So I mean, we we get everything, but the majority you would say upper respiratory infections would be the most most things that we see. And,
0: and how many patients do you see on a routine day?
1: I would say average, you know, we shoot to to try to get, you know, about 50 patients a day. Per provider? Per provider, yes, per provider. We do have a lot of help, a lot of people working with the team from uh, people working on templates and
0: triaging to scribers. So, you know, it's a pretty good system. And you said these are are Medicaid patients, correct? The majority, the majority, yes, private pay. So these are patients, maybe patients you'd consider on that spectrum with it that are... uh... A little bit on the that side of the socioeconomic strata where they might need that kind of access to care?
1: Yes, sir. Yes. Yeah, so it's, it's an underserved area that, uh, you know, like I said, we, we take everybody from a radio, but where the clinic is at is, uh, I, was, I guess you consider it a more underserved
0: area. So. Gotcha. And what sorts of things do you like most about your practice?
1: Well, you know, I love the fact that, you know, you get to work with a team, a lot of people. And then the fact that we do get to see a lot of patients, you know, you can gain a lot of experience. What maybe one person might get in a year, uh, with the average patients that most PAs might see, I get that maybe in three months, you know. So it's it's just a lot of a lot of things that you get to see because of the way the practice is set up. And you gain a lot of experience that way. Right. I know what I mean? So it's it's a lot of encounters, a lot of chances to improve, a lot of chances to get better and, and learn. And I love that that, you know, it's just you know, you're you're
0: always on the go. Never a dull moment. But definitely in the context of patient co- confidentiality, are there any interesting stories or experiences, especially in that kind of that context of your unique patient clientele that, that you could tell us?
1: Well, you know, th- for the most part, you get a lot of the common things. Like I said, URI, things that you get to treat, you see them quite a bit. Um, I have had, you know, the un- unfortunate task of, of having to tell parents, you know, that their child might have leukemia. And that, that was incredibly hard, but it's also one of those experiences where, you know, you, you have to kind of set your emotions aside and, and, and do your job to the best of your ability and get them where they need to be. But, you know, for the most part, like I said, it's, it's a lot of routine, but, you know, you get things like that, that you hope not to see very often. Right. But, you know, that's one of those things that, uh, that kind of stands out for me. Not in the best way. But at least, you know, you're there to be able to catch something that quickly and help them out.
0: Yeah, I was even going to ask, uh, you know, how do you think this practice has changed you? How do, uh, you know, how do you see yourself different from your, uh, the way you were when you were like a school teacher yeah. and the way you are now and maybe when you first graduated? You know, so what what kind of transitions have, have you kind of noticed
1: in yourself? Well, you know, the amount of learning that you do obviously makes you a lot wiser. But, you know, with teaching and coaching, you get to interact a lot with people. And with this, you know, you just do it five times more, <laughs> you know what I mean? So you get to build a lot of relationships with people now, you know, I know a lot of them by name and the sense of like, you already know, you know, it, it's kind of like their family and, you know, I love joking around with them, trying to make them feel comfortable, but definitely becoming better at uh, communicating. Not that I wasn't good before, but this definitely builds up that interaction with people and makes you better with that along with the knowledge that you gain.
0: Yeah. And, you, and so the clinic is bilingual mostly Spanish I mean well,
1: yeah yeah I mean you know you it, it's you could say bilingual a lot more you predominantly Spanish you know it does help to know both uh very well I mean I know it the best but definitely you could get the message across
0: <laughs> well, so easy you to you know it the yeah, best right. it's- tex-mex over here so <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna ask you so you're originally from Laredo uh, I know, I know pretty well but it's uh oh so pro- proper Spanish maybe not the best right but- Trust
1: me, I can communicate. <laughs> Muy bien. Muy bien.
0: <laughs> so seven years and you think your Spanish is just kind of okay.
1: No, nah, I think uh, my Spanish is decent, but like I said, I grew up Tex Mex. Okay. So it's not proper. So if you go so if you meet with somebody with, let's say, from, from Mexico, they'll be like
0: Oh really? I'm learning so, I'm i I'm learning a, a a like like, I'm learning a lot right now, bro. I'm learning <laughs> a great... I didn't <laughs> oh,
1: No, no, my Spanish is good. Right. It's I can't
0: say it's not uh, proper. <laughs> you know, gotcha, gotcha. Made yeah. of words. I understand that about the the about Spanish anyway is that uh, that just like English, there's so many different dialects, right? Yes. Yeah. So, but are, are most of your patients from Mexico or from Laredo or is it no, most of them are, most of them are from Laredo? Uh, maybe a
1: lot of them might have you know where where maybe you know the grandparents or maybe the parents might have been coming from Mexico, but yeah, the majority the majority are from here from here.
0: Have things changed much in the clinic over the past seven years since you've been there?
1: Yeah, it's just the volume of the amount of patients has increased quite a bit. And uh, that's one thing, you know, that with the PA profession, that thank goodness that it's growing very well because we definitely need a lot of help. Uh, We know we do take new patients all the time. And so, yeah, definitely the the practice has grown tremendously in the amount of patients uh, that we've been serving.
0: You know, against the backdrop of your current clinic, or maybe just as you as a, as a PA, what sorts of changes would you like to see in your profession at a local, state, and maybe even national level? I think it's going in the right direction. You know,
1: and I think the number of schools are taking in, I mean, I don't know how many students you guys are taking in now or at the Health Science Center. I would think increasing that number would be good. Of course, you got to increase the faculty as well. You got to have enough people to teach them. It's always a problem, right? Supply and demand. Mm-hmm. But that's one thing that, you know, it's always going to be needed no matter how fast the profession is growing, even though I think it's grown quite a bit. I do like the new Pan LA That makes it a lot more PA friendly for me personally, especially with the schedule that I have. But, you know, it, when you, I have a lot of nurse practitioner colleagues and, you know, they, they don't have to retest and they do a pretty darn good job. So that's one thing that, you know, is it necessary to recertify I'm glad they put it this way, though. It makes it a lot easier. Yeah. That's the thing that I think I would like for change, for, for it to change.
0: <laughs> put that out there. That's good. <laughs> but the
1: thing is, Tony, is I understand why, why it's done. And trust me, this new uh, Pandria LA, it does get you to review and study it. You know, I, I like the way it's set up. I'm glad at least if we're going to have to do it. It's, if you have this option, that's awesome.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But you know, like I said, my nurse practitioner colleagues, they do an amazing job and they
0: don't have to retest they just have to do their cmes and yeah even in the time so i've been a pa for 20 years even in the time that i've been a pa i've seen that landscape kind of change on recertification i've seen things like the what you're talking about the new pantry, and also when i graduated they had the, the pathways and they've extended the uh, recertification time but i understand what you're saying that's for sure and also when you're talking about state and national i know that in laredo there and also kind of all along the the texas mexico border There's a need for providers. Would you agree? I agree a thousand percent. You know, it's never going to be enough.
1: You know, I can tell you even here in Laredo, they uh, recently, new pediatricians have either retired or left. So a lot of those got to go somewhere, right? Right. So, you know, and we do get a lot of of those new patients, which is a blessing. One thing, we're never going to be out of work, which is awesome. But, you know, if you have more people to take care of them, you know, you do the best job that you can and we always do a good job. But you know, it's it's nice to have a little bit more help so we can see more and take care of more people.
0: Yeah. I mean, when you talk about that quantity of patients, that's a number that impresses me. It really does. Like you're saying, there's a balance. You don't wanna you want that supply and demand to be good, but you also don't want to you want to mitigate being stretched too thin. So from your position, what's your opinion regarding the state of patient care and in Webb County or along the, the Texas Mexico border?
1: Well, you know, I could honestly say that we try our best to take care of everybody. But it's just, you know, the the demand is so high. The the level of care is good, you know. I know personally, I always do my best to make sure that you deliver the best possible care, make sure all the questions are answered, make sure you discuss and explain everything you need to do and what you're going to do. But it's just, uh, it goes back to the same question. We don't have enough providers or enough personnel to take care of the demand that we have.
0: Yeah. You know, you think about what our profession was originally founded on, which is access to care, especially in rural areas, you know, and of course Laredo technically is probably not rural, but still, I I think it kind of falls, you know, it's right there in an area that's kind of surrounded by some pretty rural areas. But if you look at our level of, you know, where our graduates end up, you know, most of them end up in metropolitan areas and not in primary care. So, but I don't know the answer. I I don't have an
1: answer. It's it's a tough, it's a tough question. Um, I mean, I could say that they have access to insurance, you know, right. uh, thanks to you know, the government funds these things. So, so they have insurance, but it's, it's hard when you trying to find a, a provider. Or there's there is providers, but man, you know, they're booked. <laughs> they're booked all the time. Now we take walk-ins, which is good, but uh, not everybody does that. So, you know, for those that have to go by appointment and stuff like that, it, it becomes even harder to to get that access.
0: How do you manage the walk-ins? You do? Does one provider take them or? Do you have run of, well, we we have a, we have people that
1: you know that that sign them in and and then we have little medical assistants who are amazing and do a lot for us and to help us out that get everything going and and then we just make sure we take care of business and do what we got to do to make sure they're well taken care of and and go on from there.
0: So whoever is open takes the walk-ins.
1: Yeah, no, we we all get there at a certain time and uh, we you know we're just ready to go. So we have a set time from where we're open and close and...
0: And so at the clinic you work at there's you your doctor and how many other providers there's another nurse practitioner and then we do have
1: there's two clinics that my my doctor has my, my supervising physician so we do have one that also helps out with the night clinics so you could say there's three of us plus the
0: doctor and so what do you see for your future uh, maybe as a pa or what do you see for the future of, your, of, of the profession well, I
1: think the future is bright, you
0: know, as far as uh, opportunities,
1: the opportunities are there, <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, <laughs> like I tell everybody, oh, I can't find a job. I was like, come down to the man, you find one quick, you know, I mean? <laughs> when you speak to people in the programs and stuff like that. But I think the future of the profession is definitely pointing in the right direction and jobs are out there. But like you say, some people prefer the city, some people prefer bigger cities or stuff like that. And, you know, you just, you got to be willing to explore and I think it's going it's going in the right direction you know we just need more people to go through the program and and also like you say be willing to go to the underserved areas
0: yeah you know and and we did open the branch in laredo there's a pa program now in laredo and you know what i tell you one thing i always think about you know just putting it out there i noticed in laredo and i don't know if this is common in that area but there's definitely pas there but i don't know how the network of pas work in laredo or in rural areas i don't know how the communication between PA's down there works, but man, I, I would love to see that kind of thing kind of develop, you know. So, here. yes,
1: and that's one thing I know was discussed before, like having an you know our own association or chapter or something down here, but
0: that hasn't been done yet. I know that also when I talk to, to people that to, to PA's down there, a lot of times they end up in their employment, le- not about job postings, but almost like word of mouth, right? They yep. find that somebody's hiring, and they just end up. And
1: that's another way we communicate too, because you, you kind of, uh, I mean, Laredo is not super small. Mm -hmm. You do know a lot of people and you do come into contact with a lot of people. So a lot of the PAs and nurse practitioners that I know, you know, you just, you end up bumping into call, you know. So I guess you could say we communicate somehow. that way.
0: And also we need to get a lot of you in front of our students down there too, you know, because they love interacting with the PAs, man. They just, they they get a big kick out of it. I mean, you remember how it was when you were a PA student, right? We'd like to take a quick break for a word from our sponsor, hcv.com, presented by Advi Medical Affairs. hcv.com is a comprehensive website for healthcare professionals about HCV, or the hepatitis C virus, designed by Advi U.S. Medical Affairs to provide you with education and resources all in one place. Learn how chronic hepatitis C is diagnosed and treated with comprehensive guides and quickly access go-to references at hcv.com. What sort of things do you like to do away from work? What kind of hobbies do you have? Well, you know, I
1: got my uh wonderful kids who keep me busy. My older one's actually in San Antonio. You know, he's working, going to school, and wants to be a PA. Really? Well, that's that's uh that's something that he's shooting for my my boy, my my stepson, and proud of I him. I have a twenty-one year old, a thirteen year old, and a three year old. Wow <laughs> so we now we're actually coaching my 13 uh, year olds we volunteer coach my wife and I at her uh, middle school for her volleyball team asked me what the hell I'm doing I, no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> you know, my wife is the is the one that guides everything thank goodness I'm just the one that likes to yell and stuff So what's with the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers? oh you know it's I was sent divine intervention sent over here to Laredo to spread the word of Steeler nation
0: it says so much to, to even like unpack.
1: It's like, oh, it's like opposite side of country. You know, it's funny. Quick story Dad takes me to a friend to go, you know, go visit, sits me in front of the TV while they talk, and this game's on, and this black and yellow catches my attention. I remember the logo and I remember it since I was four. And then, you know, my mom, when I was about seven or eight, from a, like a garage sale, buys me a little Windbreaker, happened to be a Steeder one, meant to be. So you now I've been a fan for a long time. A lot of stress this past few seasons, but all good. You called it divine Intervention. I was pleased to be here <laughs> at the Word of Cedar Nation. Born
0: and raised in Laredo. Okay. Raised in Laredo and thinks he's from uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. That's all right. That's totally fine. So so uh, any other topics you want me to ask about? Any other stories that you can think of? Uh, you know, one thing I always preached
1: at those application orientations that I was able to be a part of when I was a student is uh, what I went through. So... Before I came into the program, Tony, I was like, I can't do this. You know, I have a family. I have, you know, I had a house. I have bills. I, I I can't do this. This is something that it was hard to do. And luckily I met somebody, like I said, from one of the PA application orientations that was in a similar boat as I was and going through the program. And, and it just inspired me and say, you know what, this could be done. I only saw my family on weekends for almost two years because I was in San Antonio while they were here in Laredo but then again that was my motivation so it kept me going and uh, nothing was going to stop me man nothing was going to stop me and and thank goodness here we are you know my my wife the best supporter i could have she knew what the big picture was and the sacrifices we had to make i mean we sold our car sold our house moved in with family rented it was ridiculous like a i guess a soap opera or something like
0: well you got through it right you got through it exactly yeah
1: and uh, yeah, we're able to, We're very blessed right now.
0: Yeah, like the intro said, never look back and nope. always the right decision. So, exactly. exactly. When I came by and did a visit at your practice when I was in Lareda last time, it just seemed like there was a lot of individuals there. You guys were very busy. Those are individuals that definitely needed your support and you were providing it, you know? Well, you know, the, the thing is, it's like you say, you know, people come in,
1: uh, you treat each patient individually And you want them to get out of there knowing that they're going to be taken care of. And that is our job, PA, nurse practitioner, MD. That is our job to make sure that when they get out of there, that you say, okay, you know what, my kid's going to be fine. And at least you did everything possible for that to happen. And you're able to do that as a physician assistant. You know, there is some providers that maybe only take uh, private insurance Uh or self-pay or just appointments. And that's where I think my my supervising physician has has a pretty good setup of how he does things and why other people actually don't do it that way. I mean, I understand it it is hectic. <laughs> it is hectic, and you never know what you're going to get. But whatever you get needs you. It needs your help. And if we're able to do that setup to help more people, that is what your job is to do. And also, Tony, you know, as a teacher, the beauty about where I'm at right now, very close to the high school where I taught, and. Now a lot of my ex football players, ex track runners, ex students, bring their kids to me, and I love it because they're like, I'll be like, okay, you know, this is what we're gonna do. you know, and then like, okay, coach, okay, coach, and I love that. I love that, and uh, that's just an extra blessing because I love teaching. Believe it or not, love teaching, love coaching, as hectic as it can be. And uh, nowadays, it's just tough to do all that with everything else that you got to do. You know, you don't get to actually teach the way you'd like to. So I I miss the kids. And a lot of them, when I left, they're like, you know, coach, you don't like us? Well, I said, no, man, I go, "You're, you're the reason why I've been doing this for 12 years. I only wanted to do this for one year and practice some type of medicine, you know? And so now the fact that I get to see all of them, that's another way I get to make an impact. And also they get to see one of their own from before doing something like this. And it's motivated a lot to go back to school and And just do something for themselves and their family so that's another blessing that
0: yeah i think that's huge i think that is huge because i have had conversations with individuals about how do we increase our profession in areas where you know maybe not laredo but other areas rural areas and so forth well it's always been kind of my concern that you know inside high schools and so forth they don't know what a pa is right or they they're, they're not aware You know, very true. Oh, it's like a nurse practitioner. Oh, okay. (laughs) You know, it's like a doctor, especially amongst the Hispanic community, too. That's a big deal. But with that said, I mean, to bridge that gap, to be able to say, I want to be a medical provider, you know, maybe being a doctor is, is something that's not within my grasp, but becoming a nurse practitioner or a PA is much more obtainable. And to see somebody like you, you know, somebody that they can relate to, somebody that they look up to and respect is huge.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm glad to be in that position. Yeah, And and yes, exactly. A lot of people don't know what this profession is or does. And, and like you say, you might not have, like in my case, I had my, my wife and kids probably could have done the medical school route, but you know, this was something that really intrigued me and time-wise, you know, it was able something that you can do a lot quicker and yet still, you know, be a medical provider and do an amazing thing.
0: both you and I are PAs. I mean, I'm not, if anybody's listening, I'm not minimizing the profession at all, clearly. I mean, I love being a PA. Being a PA is the moment to change me, right? And like I said before, PAs are not doctors, so it's just another opportunity. And once we get past that whole Pittsburgh Steelers thing... (laughs) I take it you're a cowgirl fan? I'm not. I honestly, you can... No, I'm not any, I'm not any man. I just think, I just think it's just odd that basically you could jump on a plane in in Laredo or San Antonio and fly up to Pittsburgh and you fly over 18 different football teams on the way up there and you pick Pittsburgh for some reason. Like,
1: like, like uh, you'd be surprised how many Steelers fans are here in Laredo. Tony. I would,
0: would I? <laughs> All four of you? Oh, wow. <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't know. So, uh, <laughs> you you guys hang out with the one cleveland browns fan
1: <laughs> no we don't allow the. we don't
0: know so. <laughs> and if you had anything to say to anybody out there you know regarding your practice or your profession you know what what would that be you know this profession
1: is definitely very rewarding you know and, and something where if you, you want to make a difference you want to interact with people you want to save people in so many ways and give yourself an opportunity to grow as a person this is it
0: What about the other pa's what would you say
1: yeah you know any pa out there no matter what man just you know keep the profession going you know keep it rolling do the great job make us look good that way other people can say hey man you know what this is what i want to do
0: and also consider moving to laredo seeing patients
1: oh yeah hey a lot of opportunity you want a job they're all over the place here so (laughs) (laughs) So one thing i was going to tell people is you know three things you got to follow this to be the best in life is you know of course your faith, your religion, whatever that may be. Love your family, respect your family, and love the Pittsburgh Cedars.
0: <laughs> That's definitely gonna make it on the podcast. There man, you thought I was serious, <laughs> 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 It is what I live by. Thanks again for joining us Esteban, and thanks to everyone for listening to this episode of TAPA Talks. Join us each month as we take a look at the professional lives of those that focus on improving the health of all Texans. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And if you'd like more information about the Texas Academy of PAs, be sure to visit us online at tapa.org. See you next time.